Micah and Royce are two-thirds of the August Guns, and they've joined the Antidote. Guys, thanks for coming. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. I always like to start off with the same question for every artist. How and when did the band begin? Uh, the band began, conceptually, it began around 2013. Just in my mind, I was in a um, previous band about two hours away from where we currently live, and I was getting really dissatisfied with that sound. There was It was a five-piece. There was a lot of things going on, and so I decided that you know, I want to uh, do something that's a little bit more stripped down, a little bit more less is more type of thing. So I began writing songs that were just simple, like three-piece punk songs, and uh, stuff kind of came into fruition in 2015 when we did our first record. And then we had a couple of lineup changes, and Royce joined in, what was that, 2017, Royce? Yeah, I believe so. That's kind of been the core and then Kirk joined us, I think it was 2018, and we've been together in that form since. I should have done this the smart way, and I should have said, okay, well, why don't each of you guys introduce yourselves and tell us about your role in the band and what Kirk does? Uh, my name is Micah. I play guitar and sing. My name is Royce, and I play drums and do backup vocals and do a lot of the interpretive dancing as well. Interpretive dancing? That I want to see. He's an excellent interpretive dancer. (laughs) And Kirk is the odd man out right now. What does he do? Hopefully he'll show up, but Kirk is our bass player, and he also does most of our um, heavy, screamy vocals as well. And he's also master of uh, instrument flips. He'll take his bass and throw it around him in a big circle, and he's getting better at it each time. No (laughs) one has died yet, so that's great. I have to say that the band name, The August Guns, reminds me of something, and I just can't place it. What's the meaning? So, it might remind you, if you are a history nerd, of a book called The Guns of August. Um, It is by a lady named World War I. Yes, World War I, yep. It's about, yeah, the beginnings of that and all the the different forces of like nationalism and all the tension that was really engulfing Europe and and that part of the world at that time. I mean, we all remember, you know, eighth grade social studies where the Archduke Franz Ferdinand got assassinated and then that just plunged everything into war. So um, that is what the name is based off of. But then how do you tie in the August guns to the actual band itself? Is there a relationship So when I started the band, um, I was nerding out and reading that book, but I also was in a place in my life where I felt like everything just felt really tense and something had to change. I I alluded to it a little bit earlier where I was in um, one band that I just, I wasn't quite satisfied with where it was and where it was going. Um, We were kind of at that point where we were playing regionally and, and it was either time to kind of commit or quit. And I was all in, and not everybody was on the same page. And I just felt like, okay, this is what I want for my life. And they're not willing to make that commitment, like something's got to give. And so that's when I decided to move and make a, a new project. And also, like, there was a real, I was in a relationship at that time in my life that was not good. Um, and I felt like something had to change, and that was also part of the move. 
um, pretty much I just wanted to like uproot my life and start again. Like there was just that intense tension and something was going to happen. And that's what kind of resonated with me about the book, The Guns of August. And then um, I quit that band and I moved down to Des Moines where I'm currently at and my whole life fell apart. The relationship fell apart. My musical ambitions, you know, came crumbling down and my life pretty much just collapsed because it was built on the sand. But then in God's providence, I met Jesus and he's been building my life and my spirit back up ever since. And it's not been a linear journey. It's been, you know, upside down, sideways and all around, but it's been overall amazing to see what he's done. Well, the August guns have been pretty active over the last couple of years. You've released several singles and a pair of EPs. When you guys released the first EP, Siloam, did you have a solid idea of what you wanted as a band? That was really a, a very kind of baby idea of what I, I thought I wanted. And here were these songs that were written out of a place where it was mostly just me in my bedroom. So it was very kind of experimental and okay, this is what I think I want this project to sound like. But when, especially when Royce came aboard, like our sound really started to shift more towards the fruition, I think of what it could be. And I love that part in music when it stops being mine and becomes ours. And like when, when Royce came aboard, like it really took on a life of its own and started to become like a sound that I feel like is the August guns, not just Micah, having a bunch of ideas and trying to make them work. Like we actually started to grow. Yeah, that was Sloan. Like I've got a soft spot for some of those songs. It's a point in time and there's some ideas that are, I, I like and some that needs more maturing and that's okay. Like that's kind of what putting out music is about. We need to hear from Royce. How much room does Mikey give you in creating the songs? Probably more than he should, but (laughs) (laughs) I've actually seen Micah grow a lot in his understanding of the, the music being a, a group project. Each record that I've been a part of more and more, what I'm seeing is just that like me and the bass player continue to have more input and, uh, help guide the direction of the sound. In the case of the last album that we're working on right now in releasing, We've even been able to play a role in, in the message and the lyrical content and things like that. So, yeah, I just think Mike has done a really good job of cultivating kind of a more of a group mentality when it comes to songwriting and, and just how we work as a band. So I've been pretty blessed by that. I want to pull in one of the songs from Siloam. When I first heard World's Edge, I figured out something. And that's that the August Guns have to be part of the Flat Earth Society. (laughs) You nailed it, man. No, seriously, though. What about telling us the actual intention of the song? So, World's Edge was one of the first songs that I wrote. I was kind of trying to figure out where I was at lyrically with how I wanted to tie in scripture. And... One of my favorite bands ever is Thrice. Back in the day, they were very biblically based. And so I was listening to scripture when I didn't even know. And, you know, after becoming a Christian, I found that out. And I was like, wow, this is super cool. And something that was like impacting me 
before I even, you know, cared at all of what God had to say. And so I was trying to find my rhythm, how to do that and how to balance that. And I, if I remember right, World's Edge is based on Second Peter, and the heart behind it was like, okay, I want to follow Jesus. It's scary, but let's do it. Let's go. And I think we have a Kirk in the house. Kirk, are you here? Yeah, man. Yes, we have a Kirk. Hey, Kirk. Thanks for joining us. What's up, Dave? Sorry I'm late. The song is really about kind of not being super sure of everything with following Christ, but it's just to the point where I'm going to do it anyway and see what happens. Hey, Kirk, I'm going to single you out since you've joined the crowd here. I've seen the August Guns referred to as punk. I myself, I'd call it as just straight post-hardcore. But do genre definitions make any difference? Uh, yes, it does make a difference for people because people like to classify things and put things in little neat little boxes. Um, I would say the difference between post-hardcore and punk is more of a punk is more of an overarching term for a lot of different music within the hardcore scene and post-hardcore scene. So it's more of an umbrella term, I think. Post-hardcore would be more of a, I guess, specific niche or genre for within punk. So that's kind of how I think about it. So let's get into EP number two. Born Into Noise includes Speak True. And it has the line, Here among bones I find rest down in the depths of my soul. God are the answers of men. Left is the question of God. So now I'd like to hear from you guys. Does God always provide an answer? I don't know. Like uh, My initial thought is like, kind of playing within the lyrics of, of that song is, left is the question of God. It's like, God draws you out. God takes you, uh, doesn't reveal all of his glory to you all at once. But he draws you out. He kind of woos you, so to speak. Kind of makes you want to follow him and kind of leave behind the, the life that you knew. I, I think it, it kind of goes along with the idea of like taste and see that the Lord is good. It's like, yeah, do you know everything about what you're getting into? Or what? You just know that it's good and you want more. So it's like, so it kind of leaves you like, where where do I find more of this? Basically, Jesus like says that that there's going to be a source that wells up within you, a source of like a living water. So it's not necessarily the whole ocean of who God is. It's not necessarily the overarching answer for everything, but it is constant. Especially with that song, it's like in the world, a lot of people want to say, "Eureka! I found it! I I have it." Uh, but when it comes to the Christian, it's like, I know who is good. I know who's going to take care of me. I know who's going to provide for me. I know what direction is true. Well, you guys have brought up a number of times about your faith. You and I both know that so many Christian artists give an evangelical message in their music. But I'd never say that about the August Guns, even though the songs are all about faith. So what's the intention of the band? For me, when I started it, there's a quote that I heard one time that said, be who you needed when you were younger. And that really resonates with me because... Because you want to be Dustin Kensrue of Thrice. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I spent about 10 years of my life running as far away from God as I could. 
I didn't want anything to do with religion or Christianity. If you would have said, oh, here's this cool band, they're a Christian band, I would have been like, nope, like automatically off. You know, my ears, my heart, everything would have been closed right away. And I realized now in retrospect, like the artists, there, there were artists of faith that were like, the ones that were impactful to me are the ones that can bring their worldview and bring their answers and but also bring their struggle into it and just be really honest and raw with that so it's not like you know don't be sad turn that frown upside down and be okay or like you walk with jesus and everything will always be hunky-dory peachy like that's not how it goes to me it just never felt human enough it felt like, okay, here's these kitschy answers, um, but where is your pain? Where is your real human experience? Because that's what I'm feeling. And so I've just found that like, the people and the artists that have connected with me most are the ones that are just real about that part of their faith. And so that's kind of what I can answer. I have to tell you that when I saw the song title, Wait for Spring... I was expecting some kind of a rant about how miserable an Iowa winter is, but that's not it at all. I mean, Iowa winter can be very miserable. Um, in 2013, we had snow in like early to mid-May, and I don't think I'll ever forget that because I was so salty about it. It felt like that winter would never, ever, ever end. Even this year, we broke our record for snowfall this last winter. So it was a very timely song, I would say. (laughs) Tell us about the real song. What's it actually about? Well, it is inspired by Iowa winters and their never endingness, but it's also about, I've tried a lot of different ways in my life to deal with depression and wait for spring is kind of like getting to the point where you realize that you know, this season might feel oppressive and impossible and, you know, anything like just a gloomy overcast that just doesn't end, but it's going to be different eventually. So, you know, part of it, we do have our responsibility to do things to, you know, lift our spirits and, and, you know, continue to use the gifts that God has given us. And a big part of it is just that, like, I might feel awful now, but like, it's not going to be forever and God will eventually bring me out of this. Um, I think it's in Psalm 30 that talked about, you know, weeping may spend the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's an allusion to that Psalm in one of the verses. And then also Psalm 42 was a inspiration for this. Just like, you know, why are you so depressed? My, my soul within me, like place your hope in God. The song is sort of like me reacting to hearing those things and it's not easy i do it very imperfectly but i'm trying to grow and trying to trust god through those seasons something that i'm surprised at is that when i google the august guns not much comes up it's almost like the band is invisible how do you draw attention to your band with great difficulty (laughs) um (laughs) that's hard um I'm on the internet a lot, just trying to like market, reaching out to blogs and radio stations. And, and, you know, even yourself, I was super jacked when you responded and you're like, I get a lot of music inquiries, but I really like what you guys are doing. And I sent it to the guys right away. And I was like, guys. (laughs) Um, So yeah, just trying to find 
different PR outlets, radio stations, blogs, podcasts, um, a lot of networking on social media, uh, just to try and like get our stuff out to different playlists. It's very difficult to get on official Spotify playlists. So there's a lot of, uh, user generated playlists that I'm submitting to and trying to get it out there. And it's, it's a lot of work. And then, you know, with COVID and shows not going on right now, that has definitely made things difficult as far as the, the local and the regional ability to get out there. Now, do you think ever any of that difficulty arises just because of the message itself? Like, you guys are sitting into a weird in-between spot. It's obviously faith-inspired, but it's not overtly Christian. Do you think going one way fully or the other would actually be a help? Uh, Kirk alluded to like boxes that people put things into. And I, I do think that sometimes people don't know what to do with us because we don't fit neatly into that box. And one thing I've actually really learned from him is the importance of like giving your band like a context for it to exist for people and their brains. Um, I've had to do a lot of growing in, in PR as insofar as like understanding, okay, like my job of communicating this information is to give people an idea of what they're getting into that will make sense to them. And it helps. And it's been something that has been difficult for me because um, a lot of times I'm like, you know, like if it's good music, it's good music. People will connect with it. But there's so much more to that. And I definitely think that like that's part of the struggle is like we're, we're not Christian enough for the people who are like, I want Christian music. I remember one of my favorite rejections was um, somebody wanted us to come play like a youth rally thing for a church close to our area and I was super excited and they ran it by their pastor and the pastor was like, the metal will be too much for the kids. Sorry. <laughs> and I was like, the metal, no. Um, I feel like if you're like, yep, we're a, we're a Christian band and we preach the gospel all the time and, and like this is really explicitly what we're about, which is great and there's a, a place for that. But sometimes if you do that, it will shut you out of spaces to where like, you actually get to talk to people who need to hear the gospel and need to have those kind of conversations the most. And that's the point of our band is to kind of take that, our message into places where not necessarily not welcome, but not like you wouldn't expect. That's what has been amazing about, you know, shows either at you know, secular venues, or we played at a homeless youth shelter one time, and we made some great friends out of doing that. And you'd be amazed at how open people are to having conversations. So yeah, our, our purpose is to go into those kind of places. But for a marketing standard, it makes it difficult sometimes. <laughs> uh, as the member of the band that has pretty much started my music endeavors, like in the church, by the time I joined the August Guns, I was kind of jaded by all of the time spent in Christian circles and doing music for churches and doing the music for the purpose of trying to like propagate the, the gospel message. Uh, those things are great. But I remember just feeling like whenever Micah would get a connection with someone on, on the Christian side, uh, just being kind of like, salty about it. Um, but I've been actually been really thankful 
about where we're at as a band because the fact that we can dip our toes in both the secular and Christian worlds, we've also been able to have positive influence in both of those worlds. And that's been a big deal for me. I think like on the secular side to be able to reach in and um, expose people to spiritual thoughts and bigger ideas than just doom and gloom to have a, a message of hope. That's not so specifically Christian has been great because I think that really can help guide so many people in a direction of hope. And then to go into the Christian world also and have that opportunity to be like, Hey, there are things in life that are difficult that you can't just sugarcoat with Jesus is great. I want to bring in a verse from your Be Not Burned Up single, and it says, Let go, step from the fire, this bitterness, hatred, and loved. Let go. Exhale the smoke, breathe forgiveness, and be not burned up. Now, I know your intentions are good, but I guess with the way the world is going right now, if you're preaching, I don't think anyone's listening. They want to have something that they feel intense about, and they're showing mm-hmm. a lot of that hatred and not giving forgiveness. And so the point of, of that, and that's very autobiographical for me, like I have a lot of trouble when I get angry or feel very strongly about something, like to be able to let that go and to not hold on to that and let it consume me. You know, everybody wants something to feel justified about. And really, it was kind of me having to come to terms with my own tendency to, you know, out of my one side of my mouth, say, okay, giving grace and forgiving as I've been forgiven and stuff like that. But then realizing my very human tendency to not want to do that and to hold on to offense and to hold on to the things that I feel have shorted me and just how self-destructive that is. So it's kind of like a confessional song of like, we, we have these intense passions and we have these strong convictions and, and like it's very much an unage of outrage sort of thing, but holding on to that and not turning away from forgiveness is ultimately self-destructive and it consumes you. That's kind of where I'm at with that song. I'm, I'm hoping that if I can air my dirty laundry that other people will feel free to resonate with that and be like, yeah, I... I know that forgiving is the right thing. I know that holding on to anger is not productive, but this is what my flesh wants to do. And, you know, until we can recognize that and like you can't um, confront what you don't admit to. And so it's like a confessional thing of like, okay, I have this, I have this proclivity, this problem with this, you know, at some level in me, I really like getting angry about, x y or z or i i love to be right more than i love to be reconciled well another question about that is should every song have a resolution by the end of it i i'm a big believer in no because not every question has a resolution to it i think that's part of why i write so much in questions like a like that's something that everybody has to wrestle with like in, the, in those kind of questions, like everybody honestly has to answer them. Like, can God do this or can he not? Does he care or does he not? It's great when you feel like you have arrived at a conclusion, but I feel like it's really dynamic with our experience. I definitely know for me there's been times where I've been super like 
at peace with things. And then there's other times where I feel, you know, a lot of tumult in my soul about, you know, aspects of my life and God's involvement in it and stuff. I would love to, you know, have everything settled and feel like I'm at peace and on autopilot, but I haven't gotten there yet. And I wonder if other people have too. So yeah, it's just kind of me like bleeding it out onto the paper and being like, you know, this is where I am and these are the kind of things that I think. We need to talk about the latest from the August Guns, Safer in the Shadows. That may be the most thought-provoking of your songs. And it asks questions I think we've all asked. Will the light expose me? Will you find everything worth keeping alive? Or am I too far gone? It's a sort of like asking if I have worth in the world. So now I need you guys to tell me, what's the answer? So that song is written about how scary repentance is, or like confession of sin, because, you know, especially in a church, there can be a pressure. Usually it's not explicit, but it, it's a cultural thing that happens, of like trying to have it all together or trying to look like you're doing well. But no one really is in certain aspects. And so it can feel like it's safer just to like keep your sin under wraps or like downplay it and be like, oh, well, yeah, this is going on in my life, but it's really not a big deal because I'm doing X, Y, and Z. A passage that comes to mind is in First John where he talks about, you know, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. That idea of walking in the light as far as like really letting every part of your heart be known, that's so scary because that requires the ability to be rejected, you know, the ability to be put out there and realize that you aren't quite all you're trying to be cracked up to be. People know their own hearts, but they also don't know their own hearts because they're deceitful. But I just think like, there are days when I feel like, man, like, do I even really know the Lord? Like, if this is the kind of thing that's going on in my heart or coming out of my heart, like, if you if you took a spiritual scalpel and, like, cut me open, what kind of stuff would pull out? Is there any fruit of the Spirit, or is it all just a bunch of flesh and, you know, hatreds, divisions, sexual immoralities, all that good kind of stuff? I, I Maybe one day I'll write more encouraging music, but um, I kind of put down what's going on inside. Don't change that. (laughs) Well, I think we've already touched on this a little bit, but maybe I should just ask this point blank. Every band wants to make an impact, but what would the August Guns consider success? That's hard. Um, A wrestling with my heart. I think that there's part of me that wants kind of the more traditional model of success. You think of like, Oh, you know, exposure to more people and people really liking your music and buying your merch and getting on tours and like more of that kind of thing. But then really when when all that crap is cleared away, the success that is most true comes when like the music acts as a gateway to have these kind of conversations with people who are struggling with it. Whether that's been conversation that we've had with folks at shows I remember the very first show we played, this one guy came up. He's like, guys, there's something about your music. Are you singing about Jesus? And we're like, yes. And he's like, I knew it, man. And he just kind of started pouring out his hole where he was at in his life. And he's like, I'm, I'm thinking about going back to church and this or that. I feel like the Lord's pulling on me like that. 
so for me, I think success is defined when it actually reaches somebody at whatever point they're at and is encouraged to move even the needle like a tiny bit closer to following the Lord. That's success. And it's tough with that because it's not like a monetary thing like, oh, you sold, you know, a thousand units or stuff like that. Like, it's not something that's very easily quantifiable. But really, like, you know, when all the fat is trimmed away and I think about what the band is actually for, that is success. Guys, thanks for speaking about the August Guns and best of luck with everything. Thank you, Dave. We appreciate the opportunity and it was good to meet you and good to talk to you.